Welcome to the Keystone Church Podcast. Keystone Church exists to lead people towards a life that is fully surrendered to Jesus. We hope that this message will encourage you and inspire you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy this week's message from Pastor Lauren Foster. So this weekend, you're going to hear from Pastor Mark Pegley. Pastor Mark was our youth pastor growing up. This man married us. He mentored us. I can promise you and assure you that we would not be where we are at in our walk with God if it weren't for him. In fact, I'll go as far to say Keystone Church wouldn't even exist if it weren't for the impact that Mark and his wife, Leslie, made in our lives years and years ago. So when I called Mark, I actually asked him to come visit our church, speak to everybody. And he was actually planning on coming into town. But of course, we weren't meeting together yet in person. So I asked him, Mark, would you please share a message that we could film and we could put it online and you could encourage our people? And I said to Mark, please speak on whatever it is that God's been encouraging and teaching you in this season. And one of the things that he told me that stood out He said, Foster, as soon as the coronavirus hit, as soon as all of us went into quarantine, he said, the Lord was really starting to teach me on what it means to be grateful. Having a grateful heart in any and every situation, no matter what. And he talked about how while all of us have gone through this quarantine, it's all been difficult, all of our stories are unique, but he said it's so hard at times to remain grateful to the Lord in the midst of difficulty in our life. And I think coming off of a series where we talked about joy, Mark's message will encourage all of us to keep perspective in and throughout the season that we've all been walking through. But before you hear from him, I do want to tell you, as a pastor, my heart this past week has been incredibly heavy. I've been moved in so many different ways because of all the tension, all the hurt, and all the pain that is running throughout our country right now. All you have to do is flip on the news, scroll through social media, and we can see the hurt and the pain. And let me just say, if you're not convinced already, we need the hope of Jesus right now more than we ever have before. And I want to tell you that next week, Lauren and I together are going to speak a very specific message to all that's happening in and throughout our culture right now. But most importantly, what we're going to aim to do is to continue to point people to the hope that's found in Christ and Christ alone. Because we know that it's through a relationship with Jesus that he is the only one that can bring about the true healing reconciliation and restoration that all of us I know that we're deeply craving. We've been praying this passage of scripture throughout the past few months, 2 Chronicles 7:14, and I believe that this particular passage of scripture is more relevant now than it's ever been. It says this, "Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and restore their land. We need the healing that only Christ can bring. Before we hear from Mark this morning, 
on how, how to have a grateful heart and a grateful perspective. I'm going to pray for our country, our land, and the healing that only Jesus can bring. Lord, I just pray right now for every single person in our country. Lord, very strange times. So much tension, so much hurt, so much pain. Jesus, we need you. In the midst of everything that's happening, we don't put our trust in the government. We don't put our trust in our own abilities. We don't put our trust in any outside source. We look to you and you alone. Jesus, you are our hope. You are our answer and you are the one that can heal wounds. You are the one that can restore us. We're so grateful for your grace. We need you now more than ever. Cover our country. Give wisdom to our leaders and help us come out of this season stronger looking to you as our hope because we're wanting to put our trust in you, in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoy this message from Pastor Mark on how to have a grateful heart. Well, good morning, Keystone Church. Man, it is a pleasure to be here with you today. Your your pastors uh, are more than special to my wife, Leslie, and I. We have had them in our lives since they were in sixth grade. They were in our youth group. And let me tell you, as young people, both of them were part of a movement where we saw hundreds and hundreds of teenagers come to know Christ. And I'll never forget, we started on Friday night prayer just with a small group of us, and they were part of it. And we would pray for hours for the salvation of their generation. And then they helped us lead that all through their teenage years. And then we saw them go into ministry and Lauren go to Bible school and then then ministry. And then we've watched them just grow and mature um, all of these years. And I I gotta say, I cannot be more proud of this young couple. And then to put the icing on the cake, they move to Steeler country. Come on, Jesus. I grew up in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. We are Steeler fans. And the only thing I'm asking of them, I'm pulling in all my chips. I'm saying you got to invite me at least to three or four games a year to come watch my Steelers play. But anyway, I need to jump into this today. Today, we're going to talk about the grateful life. You know, in America and as Christ followers, now I know there's been a lot of craziness going on, but the truth is we have a lot to be thankful for. Psalms 118.1, I love this verse because it says, give thanks to the Lord. And here's why. For he is good that never changes and his love endures forever. I need personally to be more grateful. So what I did is I did a little bit of research and this is what I found out, that being grateful, many experts say, It's the value that unlocks so many positive qualities or values in people. For instance, being grateful makes you a generous person. Being grateful makes you encouraging. Being grateful unlocks thankfulness in you. Being grateful unlocks so many positive attributes in us and value in us. For me, anyway, I've been praying, God, transform my heart. So I want to look at a very interesting uh, story in the book of Luke chapter 17. And it's talking about these lepers that that had encountered Jesus and Jesus did something special in their lives. And it really shows us how we we can get to the point that we're not grateful for the good things that happen in our lives. Let's go ahead and look at this in Luke chapter 17. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, 
Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. And they, they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, it's real easy to just to read by that, you know, and go, yeah, 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 and just keep on going. But we, we got to stop there because you have to understand how deep this goes for those lepers. You know, leprosy today is known as the Hansen's disease. Actually, it's a disfiguring illness that it causes all of the, the nerve endings to die. And in, and in that culture, in Leviticus 13, it tells us how they treated those that had leprosy and what they had to do in that culture. Well, one, they had to tear and rip their clothes so people could tell from a long way off that they were lepers. They also had to keep their mouth closed if they got anywhere near people because they were afraid of the, you know, the, the, someone else getting the disease through, through, through them speaking. And, and, they, and they weren't even allowed to keep their hair neat. I mean, you talk about a bad hair day. They had a bad hair life. Now, I'm not sure why. That's just what the Bible says. And, and they always had to cry out, unclean, unclean. When, when anyone was approaching them or, or, or they were approaching anyone else. It's like my wife, you know, after a workout, I'm coming home. She always makes me cry out, I stink, I stink. You know, because, you know, she, she just has a hard time keeping her hands off me. But, but that's a whole other, whole other topic. <laughs> but a leper, now think about this, had all of this pressure, and then just think about the rejection. Not able to hug, not able to touch people. They had all this going on, and on top of that, their body was literally oozing with sores. I mean, to the place where fingers were falling off, eye sockets out. If you ever watched The Walking Dead, it would be a great example of what <clears throat> they were dealing with. So when they saw Jesus and they heard about his, his miraculous work and healing. I mean, when they, they were like, we, we can have a shot at a normal life again. So when they're crying out, Jesus, have mercy on me. I mean, they're shouting it, you know, as loud as they can. So let's jump back down in, in verse 14 now of chapter 17. So, so when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, a miracle from heaven happened. The Bible says they were cleansed. Now, just quickly, I want you to remember, how many were there? There was 10, right? Verse 15 says, one of them. When he saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him, for he was a Samaritan. You know, back in that day, there was racism as well, and the Jewish and Samaritan people did not like each other, so it took this gratefulness and, you know, to a whole new level. So in verse 17, Jesus says this. He says, weren't there, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? 10 lives were miraculously transformed. I'm talking going from no hope back to hope of a normal life, living with their families again. But only one out of the 10 came back with a heart of gratitude. And as I thought about this, this section of scripture, you know, I want to be very practical because I thought about these, these other nine, and, and I'm going to say this, I, I really think they were thankful, but I think they do what we may do sometimes. They think, okay, well, I'm going to go show myself to the priest first before I go back and thank Jesus and, you know, show it to my family. Then I'll come back and show my thankfulness Show them how grateful I am, but then life hits. 
I mean, I think all of us can relate to that. You know, I, I, I have committed because of all of that in my life. And as I studied this, I've committed to God. If there's going to be one that's going to come back and say thank you, it's going to be me. One out of 10, one out of 100, it is going to be me. I want to live with that heart of gratitude. And I believe you listening today want to as well. So what I want to do is I just want to take the next few minutes and I just want to talk to you about just three thoughts on how to live this grateful life. Number one, you can write this down. You've taken notes. Every good thing I have comes from God. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is, is from God above. I've had people say, no, Pastor Mark, I've earned that. I've done that. I've worked hard. And, and there's truth to all of that. Yeah, 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 you, you, you have. You've been a good steward of what God has given you. But never forget this. You have to understand every place where you succeed, you're succeeding with the gift that God has given you. He is the giver of all good things. You can see it throughout the scriptures. I think of guys like Noah. God gave him a plan. Then he gave him the ability to build that ark that saved his family. I think guys like Jonah, who was rebelling against God, God gives him a whale or, or a big fish, per se, to save his life. I think about the teenage girl, Mary, who, who God gave her the faith to be able to birth the Savior of the world. And God has given us the Holy Spirit who guides us, who strengthens us, who counsels us, who's there for us. He's given us his word to guide our lives. Guys, he's, he's given us friends to love us and he's given us breath. We're sucking air on this planet because God's given us that air to breathe. Every good thing we have comes from God. And we need to understand that God is completely good. He is constantly good. He is unchanging good. God will never not be good. God cannot be less than good. And when you embrace this and embrace the fact that every good thing, every gift you have comes from God, it changes our view and our attitude. Number two, to live this life of grateful, we need to do this. And I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Let me say that again. I will not let what I want rob me from what I have. I don't know what you want, but I know a lot of people. I want a better car. I want a bigger house. I, you know, I want more clothes. I want this. I want that. I mean, it goes on and on. But Solomon said something I thought was so wise. And actually, this really helped me. He said in Ecclesiastes 6, 9, he says, better what the eye sees in other words, enjoying what's available already to you than the roving, the roving or the wondering of the appetite. One translation says it like this. Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. Think about it. What you have is better than longing for something else to make you happy. One person said, whenever you adopt gratefulness, it turns whatever we have into enough. And that is so good. What gratefulness does, it, it turns what's before us, like our reality into enough. And then we recognize how blessed we are. But what is crazy? You, you got to hear this and never forget this. 
It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people are, who are happy. Think about what we have to be grateful for. Almost every one of you watching me today, if you want to, you can go home today and you can have three meals. You can have four. Some of you will have five with a few snacks in between. I encourage you to, to lean it down a little bit, but you can. Every one of you can basically pay someone at some point to actually serve you and cook you your food. Every single one of us have a bed to sleep in. We have clothes to wear. Most of us have shoes, at least one pair of shoes, when over half the world doesn't even have a pair of shoes to, 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 to wear. Now, now, think about this. If you have a job, you're extraordinary blessed. Because if you make minimum wage, you are making approximately two, listen to this, approximately two times, 32 times, I'm sorry, 32 times the average wage of half the people alive today. And let we're, we're miserable and we, we just want more and we want more. Most of us have phones <laughs> that, that, that does things, not, not just that we can talk through, but series on there. It can talk back. It can tell us things we don't know. We, we, we can do FaceTime with our friends, and sometimes that's good and bad, but we can do it. We can send a signal up in the air, and by the when it comes back down in 20 minutes or a half an hour, we can have a pizza at our door. I mean, we are blessed. We are, have great friends, and, and yet when you think about all of these things we are blessed with, we can be so dissatisfied. You know, I like to tell people all the time, and I do this for myself. I go on a mission field to a third world country almost every year. And I'm going to tell you why I do, because th this is usually the process for me. When I get there at first, I, I feel bad. I'm, I'm sad for the people and the conditions they're living in and what they have. But while I'm there, what happens is I get around these Jesus-loving people, and all of a sudden, they, they have nothing. That We would look at them, they have nothing. But suddenly, you look at them, and it really seems like they have something that I don't have, that we don't have. And and they got time with their kids. I mean, they, they got <laughs> they got these the spiritual hope. They have this peace. It's different than 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 what I have. And and then suddenly, instead of me feeling sorry for them, I actually begin to feel a little bit sorry for myself because I have so much. But it seems like, man, I have so little and they have so little. But when you spend time with them, they seem like they have so much. And my point is, gratitude turns what you have into enough. It's not happy people that are grateful. It's grateful people that are happy. I would recognize that every good gift I have comes from God, and I'm not going to let what I want rob me of what I have. And number three, this is it. I'll turn every blessing that I have into gratefulness. Why? Because every time we, don't, we, don't, we do not turn our blessing into gratefulness, it turns into pride. You know, I you know, it's like, I deserve that. I, I, I earned that. I, I went to church. You know, God should give me more. I'm a good person. I did all of this. I'm better than them. I, I, I deserve more. Or I could, I could flip it like this for me. For years, I would tell people, don't, get, don't give me a gift. I hate getting gifts. And for years and years, and one day the Lord just kind of corrected me on that. And he said, that's pride, Mark. When people want to show you they're thankful and grateful, you need to receive that. Because it's pride when you reject them and, and you hurt them. You know, I, I love what David said. You know, he, he, he said this in Psalm 63, 3 through 5. 
He said, because your love is better than life, my, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied because of God's goodness. He's the one that satisfies. And he says, as with the richest of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. I will turn every blessing back into gratefulness, back into praise. So how do we become thankful? I'm going to wrap it up here. And praise God. I'm going to give you a little exercise and that, that I've learned a hard way. Almost five years ago, I lost my mother. She died of cancer. And I was very fortunate to be able to spend the last couple of weeks with her through this process. But in my mom's life, you know, growing up, you know, my mom and dad got a divorce when I was young. My dad left and moved to the other side of the country. And my mom was an alcoholic. And I mean, it was just, it was a very dysfunctional, crazy time in my life. But my mom continued to be an alcoholic up to 40 some, she was 40 some years old. I can't pinpoint the pinpoint it, but then she turned her life around at that point. In the last 20 some years of her life, my mom was, was amazing. I mean, she finished strong. And on that day that she died, I can remember we were transferring her to, uh, to the hospice house and she got a little bit confused. She hadn't been saying anything for a while. And she looked at me. She actually cried out to me. I'll never forget it. She said, Mark, because she was lost. She didn't know where she was at. She was wanting me to help her. And that's the last time I heard her say anything. And then the next time I saw her, she was gone. And when she was gone, that's when I realized how much I loved her. I mean, how proud I was of my mom, the way she turned her life around. I remember my kids, when I talked to my kids about the memories, all my kids remembered was we had an amazing grandma. And, and at that point, when actually when I was putting this message together, I started thinking about that. I, I just didn't take enough time through those years to tell her, to brag about her, to let her know how thankful I was and how much I appreciate her. So let me just say this. Let's just say that <clears throat> all of a sudden she's not gone. She's here. And she's here with me right now. What would I do? Well, I would brag about her. I would tell her how proud I am of her. I would tell you what an awesome mom and grandma she is. But the truth is, she, she's not here with me right now. So, so what has changed? The only thing that changed was my perspective. My perspective before she was here. And then now after she's here. Because she was all that I said to you right now and more when she was here. But just not taking time to realize it and to appreciate it, I took it for granted. So I don't want you to miss the power in this. I want you to do this just for a moment. Think of something that you take for granted every single day. And just take a moment and pretend like you've lost it. Now, now, pretend like you've got it back. What would you do? Well, you would do what, what I did. Suddenly you would start thanking God that you have an amazing mom. You have an amazing family. You, 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 you have amazing friends. You know, you're blessed with an amazing job. You, you would do what I, I did. And when we do this, what we do is we turn our blessings because we have them all around us and, and to praise. Instead of saying, like, I'm tired of my car, we say, God, I thank you for my car. Instead of saying, like, oh, I'm tired of my house being a wreck, we, we, we say, like, oh, 
God, I thank you that I have kids and I have a spouse and I have the blessings that make my house a wreck. When we live in a world that wants to tear everything down, like people will tell you that our world's going to hell in a handbasket, we as the church, we as Christ followers, we need to stay grateful because one thing that never changes is that we serve a really, really good God and he never changes his mind about us. We have so much to be thankful for. I love what, what David said in Psalms 103 and I hope this becomes the cry of your heart this week. He says, let all that I am, he's talking from the depths of his heart. He says, praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. Today, if you're looking and I want to challenge you for the next seven days, let's put this truth into practice. I want you to find three people every day for the next seven days and I want you to to appreciate them. I want you to tell them thank you. Now make sure you got some substance behind it and really think about it. And then I want you to do this three times every day as well. I want you to stop and just think about what God has blessed you with. And if you're like me, you can lift your hands towards heaven in that moment. You can lift your heads towards heaven sitting in your car, however you do it, and tell the Lord thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified each week as soon as a new sermon is available. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Keystone Church or over on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Keystone Church PA. And of course, for more information, you can visit our website at keystonechurchpa.com.